ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. We are currently in our Insta family series where we are discussing how to have a Christ-centered family. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, be sure to share with your friends and family. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Today on the podcast, I have Britton and then my good friend Juan Sierra. Uh, we'll just be bringing you the podcast today. Today, Pastor Stephen brought the mess to today. But before that, we had Kids Takeover Church, where we got to hear a little bit. Uh, the kids did a great job up there singing so cool. and everything. Yeah, they're awesome. It's yeah. a great, they, they do a great job. And like that was uh, a lot to have to you yeah. know, sing all those songs and like, you know, have all the hand motion. Like, that was alone, a great job. Let alone the attention span. Like they right. did awesome of, of keeping focus. It was yeah. really great. Yeah. Man. Definitely. And um, and also just a uh, shout out to uh, Pastor Stephen as well and his wife, Elizabeth. Yes. They do a great job with the kids ministry. And, you know, that's a, a full family job to, mm-hmm. to, you know, be up there and, you know, week by week going through leading these kids and everything is one of those where I, I think about my job and I'm like, you know, I, I can kind of separate my my job from my family. That's mm. one you have to be full in, and yeah. they do a great job. And, you know, I, I definitely, big shout out to them because, um, yeah, this church would, would not look the way it, it, it does without them. No, and I so, mean, the, the, what they do, they, they are living, they're calling out in, a, in an incredibly successful way. Like, you don't get to see all the sacrifice that they put in, but the fruit is visible. Like, yeah. The 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 kids program is is absolutely incredible. So yeah, absolutely. Shout out to them. They're they're awesome. Definitely. And then Juan, you're involved with the kids ministry as well. Um, you know, what would you say your favorite thing about being involved in the kids ministry is? Oh man, uh, being part of the kids ministry is definitely a privilege. It's such a blessing. Um, being part of it for almost 15 years now, man, that makes me feel old. <laughs> uh, but actually, that's what I love about it, um, is seeing these kids grow in life and in their faith and relationship with God. Um, I mean, right here next to me is a perfect example, honestly, Britt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was just coming out of kids' church when I came in, yeah. and here he's the youth director at the church. <laughs> Crazy. Just, that's awesome. I'm seeing these kids be worship leaders, going off to other churches and leading mm. and just growing. It's just awesome to see them. I mean, it made me feel old today to see these kids and just picturing all the other kid takeovers we had and all the other kids that were there before. Mm. Yeah. And it definitely, you know, just seeing them, you know, even just seeing my son or just like the other kids get involved in church and start to comprehend and recite some of these things. You know, I, I hear, you know, Zeke comes back and is like, you know, what did you learn at kids church? And he's able to, you know, come back and, and have some comprehension of it. Like it fires me up too. Cause I'm like, oh man, like that's, that's cool that he's starting yeah. to like dive into it and hear things and understand them and be able to, you know, put things together mm-hmm. and that's going through the Bible and they're, they're teaching it there. It's a, uh, Definitely inspiring and definitely uh, something I'm glad that we have such a great ministry with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something else I recommend you guys do is just come by and watch them worship. Yeah. I mean, watching kids worship is totally different than watching adults. Yeah. I mean, they truly are into it. You can see they truly are worshiping God when they're singing. I mean, with the moves, just when they raise their hands, it's just an amazing, amazing feeling. It makes me realize what I need to be doing when I worship. Yeah, I mean, they've actually, just like this childlike faith, they actually believe what they're hearing. And so they're putting that that those words to action when they, it really is incredible. And I've kind of said that to Pastor Stephen before, like, you know, you're so good at planning, you're so good at coordinating, but then when you look in on a Sunday morning, you actually see it being played out and, and 
you see, like I said earlier, the fruit of these kids truly loving the Lord and tr- yeah. like like you said, just believing what they hear and and worshiping Him uh, unabashedly, unashamed. It's so yeah, cool, definitely. Um, and so as we kind of jump into the sermon today, Pastor Stephen uh, kind of gave us the big big framework, kind of building your foundation on God versus just other things. And he kind of gave us that uh, picture, that representation of, you know, the sandcastle at the beach and uh, going to the beach, building your sandcastle. And by, you know, and the next morning, everything's kind of <laughs> washed away and everything. Uh, do either of you have any good uh, beach stories or beach memories uh, going into um, just kicking it off today? And my earliest, like the first one that pops in my mind is not like a good one, a fun one is just, I probably wasn't more than two or three years old. And it's probably my earliest, one of my earliest memories, period, but but earliest memory at the beach. And I still remember, think about it, and I was terrified of the beach. Like, <laughs> we would get there, and I'd be so excited to get there. I remember the excitement. And then we'd get there, and I would see these waves just coming in and going out. And then coming in, and every time they would come in, I'm like, I'm gone. They're going to come right up to me and take me back out to sea. And I always heard these horror stories of people getting drug out to sea and like, oh, be careful in the tide. Mm-hmm. And like, that's one of my earliest memories of the beach is like, every time it would come in, just my heart would sink like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, thank God it goes back out. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's like my earliest beach memory, just that's terrified awesome. of the water. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, growing up in Florida, man, I just lived at the beach. Yeah. I was there all the time. So um, I'd say luckily I never had that fear. At least I don't remember having it. <laughs> um, but, you know, just like Pastor Stephen was saying, you know, from building the sandcastle, having a great time to now I'm at that age <laughs> where that ten those 10 minutes. minutes are the worst time of my life because I am full of sand, right. carrying everything while the kids are still like, oh, I want to go back. I want to stay. Yeah. And I'm here packing up, carrying everything to the car. Um Hot, so, sweaty, sunburn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about the expectations of a beach day and how that looks over, you know, when I, you know, was a little bit younger, could just go to the beach, didn't even have to bring a towel and just would be able to, you know, go have fun at the beach and everything. But the, um, the, yeah, now having to, um, you know, pack stuff for the kids, bring the snacks, bring the towels, bring the shovels, like, it is so much different And you always now. forget something. Yeah, and you have to just, that expectation has to be that there's going to be tears. There's going to be, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, hardship that goes through this, especially because uh, my three-year-old is just like, doesn't like the sand, but it's just like you get past that that initial stage of being wet or sandy, and then she's like enjoying it. But like yeah. you have to get past that, like, you know, initial and 10 minutes of screaming. And that's like life. I yeah. mean, to be honest, like you said that, you know, in the beginning, I used to want my son to be going out there with me, jumping these waves, mm. boogie boarding. And it seemed like it took forever. But once he got to that point, it was amazing. We loved yeah. the beach and all that stuff. And that's mm. life. You got to get through the hard stuff. Oh, yeah. And then amazing... And then and, all the amazing stuff starts happening. And same for me. I was terrified, and then I grew up a beach kid. I, I was like, I mean, shoot, in high school... There were there were weeks where I was, especially over summer, I was at the beach every single day, skimboarding, surfing, boogie boarding, whatever. And so, yeah, yeah, that is a good good analogy. Yeah, and so yeah, uh, Pastor Stevens uh, started off uh, going through the scripture from Matthew seven twenty four through twenty seven, and I'll read it here. So, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Now, I wanted to ask you guys, so 
when we when we think about this, and uh, one quote that he also said is, you know, when we when we make a a good thing a foundational thing, mm. we set ourselves up for frustration, sorrow, and despair. Uh, what is one thing that you see in our culture today being put as uh, that people are putting as their foundation instead of God? Uh, the first thing that pops into my head is is people, other people, specifically those significant other relationships. Um, because it speaks to that. It is a good thing. God mm-hmm. wants us to have companionship. He, he's, he's, you know, Adam and Eve, he meant for us to have that companionship, that helper, that, um, that oneness with another person. Um, but some people put it completely on that. They build their foundation on that so that if that relationship begins to have hardship or it begins to have obstacles, or maybe even you start approaching where it would, I went through myself, a divorce, if you are built your life on that foundation and that happens, you lose everything. So you, mm. your, your life is essentially over. It's all done because everything was built on that foundation of that relationship. So it makes sense in the context of that quote because marriage and relationship is a good thing. God wants us to have that. But it should not be a foundational thing because when you make that your foundation, exactly like it said, you're setting yourself up for if it fails, if there's hardship, if there's obstacles disappointment, despair, frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just one thing that just popped in my head. What was, was that, that idea of, of relationship with others. Yeah. I had two things that popped in my head. One would be the government. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people, especially now with society, um, they put everything on the government. They blame the government. They blame the president or, mm-hmm. you know, city council. Everything is someone else's fault. If we can just get fault. this guy elected, right. we'll be saved. Yeah, we're <laughs> saved. But mm-hmm. If we can just put our faith in God, you know, mm-hmm. God would put those right people in there and allow us, and we just have faith. Even though things do go wrong, God will make sure everything works out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that came up to me, you know, it has to do with relationship and people, um, are pastors. Mm, I mean, that's a, good one. a lot of people follow certain, only certain pastors, and they start idolizing them. And then, unfortunately, you know, they're human as well. When they fall, right. their faith falls with it. Mm-hmm. They don't have that foundation in God to say, you know, I can listen to multiple pastors or listen to his word or, or myself go into the Bible mm-hmm. and just build that relationship. They all put it on that pastor or that church. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely uh, second that, you know, going into the government and how a lot of people, especially it feels like in the last couple of years have really gotten into their political party or whatever. And um, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the despair that people have if their political candidate is not elected and how that shapes the rest of their week, their month, their years going into that and, you know, how much they're, they're fighting for, you know, that, that particular party. Uh, one, one, one uh, podcast that I listened to is called Truth Over Tribe. I was actually recommended uh, by one of the guys in my men's group mm-hmm. and um, it's a really good podcast. And it just in the opening, it says, you know, we're not placing our our, our trust in the elephant or the donkey we're placing in the lamb. And like, right. so that's, that's, good. that's yeah, good. I like yeah. that. I yeah. really like and, that. And yeah. so it's, um, it's definitely one that I, I would recommend actually going to listen. You guys can listen to other podcasts. Yeah, other yeah, that's definitely. Um, but it's called Truth Over Tribe. Uh, a lot of good podcasts through that. Um, but yeah, definitely something to, to think about as far as where is your foundation being built. And yeah. it, it even makes me think it, it, when people do that, it even affects the way they treat and view other people. Mm. It's like, we're supposed to love others no matter what. Like that was, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love God, love others. If you allow your political standing to to affect how you view and treat and love people, let's let's put our foundation on Jesus instead, because he's going to say, even when we disagree, love, love them, (laughs) love them still. Yeah. I agree. And then, uh, so pastor season got into, 
um, the part in, uh, he quotes from uh, Luke chapter 7, and um, he's talking about John the Baptist being put in jail and, you know, the expectations that he had and asking the question, you know, making sure that Jesus is this Messiah that was, um, you know, promised and everything. And um, the the quote I, I have here, and I know there's a couple of different translations, but um, the response is that blessed is the one not offended by me. Mm-hmm. Somebody asks, you know, are you the one? And then that that's his response. What do you guys think of, of that response? And how, uh, what does that mean, I guess, um, kind of wrapping your head about how he responded that way? I agree with Pastor Stephen. He said a simple question, complex response. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Okay, Jesus. But uh-huh. I guess the way I understand it in my head is that that, that idea that regardless of the outcome, so, so for instance, John's in prison for, for preaching the gospel, um, it's not to look at Jesus negatively because that if you're unoffended by that, if you say, hey, if this is the will of God for me, I'm going to allow it to preach and speak and save lives regardless if I if I want to be in this prison cell. And it doesn't, it's essentially not allowing your situation to sway or affect your love for Jesus and your, mm-hmm. your devotion to Jesus because he never promised us a perfect life. He never promised us a life without hurt, without pain, without trials and tribulations. And actually there, there's a, a scripture and I'm, blanking on the, the reference, but it talks about if you, if you love Jesus and you're committed to Jesus, you are welcomed into his suffering with him. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it talks about literally like, you're going to go through suffering. Like it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. So it's not allowing that negative situation to affect your love and your devotion to Jesus. And that's how I kind of grapple with that, not being offended by Jesus, not being offended or, or put off when, when negative things happen to us because of our, our love for Jesus. Mm. Yeah, I, I see it almost like another translation of, you know, the verse that he went over in Matthew, you know, building your uh, faith on a foundation on rock. He, like Pastor Stephen said, there's going to be storms. There's going to be things mm. coming uh, continually. He didn't promise the perfect life, like just like mm. you said. And if you can uh, not be offended by those storms that you're going to go through, th- through those uh, problems and issues and, you know, all the things that happen in life, and you can still focus on him, um, blessed is he. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that's especially blessed because you're going to find your strength in him. You're going to find your answer in him. You're going to find your wisdom in him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah, um, and then so going into that, I guess the title of this uh, sermon series is Insta Family. And so as we look at our families, what what expectations we had for them, uh, you know, how we thought they would look uh, in today, uh, how do we adapt to the changes that we have over the course of our lives and how our families look and how do we keep that foundation um, of God as these changes have have uh, affected our families directly? Anything come to mind? I mean, I can think of, uh, you know, a few things, you know, with my siblings, you know, my brother and sister. Uh, of course, my expectation when I was little is, you know, we're all going to be living in the same city, <laughs> uh-huh. right next to each other. Mm. We're going to be helping each other out, meeting every weekend, doing stuff with our, you know, nieces and nephews. And, of course, you know, we're separated, you know. Not in a bad way where, you know, they're in Miami with three hours away, but that's three hours. So mm. when a birthday party or something comes up, I can't always make it. You know, I have my own family. I have to do stuff, and it makes it a little bit harder. Um, and then also, you know, my parents. I'm at the age now where they need being taken care of. Mm. And I don't think a lot of us think about that when you're younger, the expectations of that f- relationship you're going to have with your parents of you taking care of them. Mm. Usually you think, oh, parents will take care of the kids. Right. Well, there's a turning point in that for you guys. I know you guys are a little younger. You'll get there, maybe. <laughs> but you have to start helping your parents, and that's something an expectation I wasn't ready for. Yeah, and 
you know, I, I'm working with a lot of people that are, you know, uh, older, 80s, 90s and everything. And, you know, I just think about like there's quite a few of them that don't have relationships with their kids or with their siblings. And, you know, there's been, you know, something that's happened that has caused that divide in the family. And obviously when they were young, obviously they didn't have that expectation there. And so like, how does that shape you when your expectation of your family, of your kids, you know, doesn't look the same way. Maybe your kids aren't, aren't talking to you. Maybe your, your kids, uh, you know, are living separately, but there's, there's things that happen in life. And like you said, the, the suffering that we go through, you know, does that cause you to, to, you know, does that rock your faith? Does that put your foundation to, do you stray away from God when these things happen? Um, but yeah, just anything else come to mind with that when directly impacting the family there, Brett? Yeah. Uh, so it kind of, takes me to what, what Pastor Stephen was saying when we have these expectations of our family and of our friends. And, and specifically, he mentioned one of our kids, and, and you, you expect your kids to act a certain way. Or maybe I, I expected my kid to love Jesus more. I expected my kid to call more. I expected my family to, to live close to each other for, for our whole lives, to take care of each other, to help each other. And then when they don't do that, it, it's it's almost, if you think about it, it disappoints us and it makes us upset and hurt and, and in our emotions, emotional but if we think about it, we we brought that upon ourselves because we put that expectation on them. That wasn't their expectation. That's not their desire. Um, we have to remember that people around us, our friends, our family, our, our kids, everybody, we're all individuals. We all have our individual trials, our individual situations, our individual mistakes we're going to make, and our individual successes that we're going to have that maybe take us further away or take us somewhere else in the world or the country. And so if, if we we kind of have to, we can't put ourselves in a situation to be disappointed because I think we have to remember that we're all living our own life and learning our own things and having our own relationship with the Lord. And yes, we do it in community as well. Mm -hmm. But it, when we put those expectations, it's exactly like the Rich Wilkerson quote, when you're building on, on, on good things and not foundational things, you're, you're going to get, well, if you're building these expectations for yourself, especially when it comes to other people, it's you may get disappointed, but you can't allow that to happen. It's it, we all live our own lives. We live, learn our own lessons. And I think if we took that expectation away, if if we just kind of went with this idea that we're going to support and love and live this life, and kind of that idea where, where Pastor Stephen said, running on the sideline with your kids or your mm -hmm. family or whoever you're running with, supporting them the whole way. If it's more of that role of I'm going to support them through their life and not. I'm only going to support them if they meet my expectations. Mm -hmm. Then I think the relationships would be so much stronger and, and, and a little bit more um, um, firm and foundational. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it, it brings up to me is, is removing those expectations that we build for ourselves. Maybe we can have goals. Goals mm -hmm. are fine, but but um, I think it would help us to understand better and to meet the person where they're at better if we just kind of remove those expectations for ourselves and don't place them in, in, on other people. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think that that's that's a good thing to to consider because yeah, when Jesus is doing this this Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to a crowd of people as well. He's talking to the community, mm. so this is something that they are taking into account for the community as a whole as well. And so, like the lessons that he's he's preaching them um, are applicable to yourself, but then as a community too. So, how are we treating our community? How are we even thinking about what that looks like to mm. you know have our community built on a firm foundation as well? And right. so. Um, yeah, just taking taking a, a, a slight different perspective and, and just saying, you know, you know, 
doesn't matter what our expectations are of what the next door neighbor is going to look like, but how are we including them? How are we, you know, ministering to them and uh, sharing the gospel with them um, despite our differences, our expectations and right. things like that? Because if we only prepare for the expectation we have and then we hit the situation and it's totally different, yeah, we're going to be flabbered. We're like, oh, I don't, I didn't expect this. I was only prepared for this situation. Mm-hmm. I think we just have to be prepared for anything. Just, just meet people where they're at and, and at that point, facilitate or, or disciple from there. We can't just go, okay, if it's this situation, then I know what to do. But if it's a different situation, I'm out. Mm-hmm. We just have to have these, these open, this open mind and, and meet people where they're at, especially our, our friends, our friends, our families, our kids, the people that are closest to us as well. Yeah. Definitely. And maybe, and I'm not saying that for fact, I'm not arrogant to think I know everything. It's just, <laughs> that's how it makes sense in my head. <laughs> um, is, is there anything else that, that stood out to you uh, on the sermon uh, as we wrap up here, other than the Lincoln Park quote? Cause that was pretty good. Oh, um, <laughs> how funny is it that we all knew it probably everybody in the room probably knows the song. It's, it was singing along in their head as he's reading the quote, but then you're reading the words. I don't know if you guys were hit by it. Like I was, I was like reading the words for the first time and just actually thinking about what they meant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. wow, that's powerful. Like in a, yeah. Obviously, in, a, in a, unfortunately, like a negative way, but very powerful to, to reevaluate ourselves and how we are leading others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what we will do is uh, we'll we'll pick it up next week. Make sure that we uh, continue uh, to get through get through this uh, this sermon here, this the sermon series. Go into the instant family sermon. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Juan, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah.